So don't leave to the judges podcast here with Patty Broken Skull. Patty, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just me. You know who it is. The D-O-D- That's not me. Uh, the P-A-double-D-Y. That doesn't work. Um, what's up, guys? This is uh, MMA podcast. Uh, we don't consider ourselves experts, but uh, we'll tell you this much. Pretty goddamn lucky in some of our uh, words. Huh? I don't know what else to call them. Because we can't call them predictions anymore because we don't really do that. Go back to some of the earlier episodes where we did. Me and Sam would have some hot, hot. T- I mean, there were some cards, Sam, you and I got went like 11 and 1. Yeah. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. We'd get one fight wrong. So don't doubt us, folks. Yeah, I don't Although, know why ESPN got rid of that shit unless they, you know, well. Because the, they the want to make money the off it. Yes. made so much money on them. Because of DraftKings. Yep. Um, <laughs> either way, I do miss it, and I wish we could predict fights the way that we do. But, uh. This isn't that that show that we used to do, man. We just sort of analyze the fights. We look at the old fights, and that's what it is. But the first thing I want to talk about here is uh, one of my good friends. And we've mentioned him before on the show, uh, Bilal Muhammad. Let's give him a good round of applause. All right. There's a short one. Um, I, I got to bring this up because, again, the guy has been steadily just posting stuff about the Gaza Strip and all this different shit, whatever. Uh, more importantly... He's not fighting for a title. Okay, we like that. We like that a lot. Problem is, is he's fighting Colby Covington, uh, which just means that this is going to be one of the longest fights in UFC history, even though there is a 25-minute limit. You know what I mean? There's a 25-minute limit. This is going to be a long goddamn fight, guys. You want to see what five minutes really feels like? <laughs> Watch this fight. Um, I also like this because I can't wait for this to be over. Uh, so we can all stop pretending that either one of them were championship caliber. That's going to be fun. Um, I also have something to say about uh, Paul Felder, and this is just uh, something I realized. I said uh, Paul Felder is what happens when a theater kid becomes a fighter. They end up a commentator. Uh, Brendan Schaub is what happens when a failed football <laughs> a failed football player becomes a fighter. They end up podcasting. Shout out to Aljo. There you go. Now, yeah, is Paul Felder going to well come be. back and fight again? That's a whole. I know. I'm just saying. Look at he was a thing. he was a theater major, which is like statistically one of the wimpiest <laughs> fucking things any anybody can do. That's not a woman, and he ends up doing well as a fighter. Yeah, and he's pretty. And then, I'll tell you, I've seen that show Hacks. He's pretty decent in there. He's a hell of an actor too. Yeah. And then they got him. They got him as a commentator. Well, what I'm saying is, it all lines up. Brendan Shaw being a failed football player is a guy who's looking for anything that's athletic that he can still stay in shape for. He finds fighting, right? Doesn't do well in fighting, no matter what anybody says, being a top 10 heavyweight, whatever. <laughs> no. I'll never fucking believe you. Um, loses a bunch to guys that aren't great. Guys who, who after Brendan, lost a bunch. <laughs> right? Like Travis Brown got, uh, he got beat the fuck up quite a bit after he <laughs> fought Brendan Schaub. Uh, ben Rothwell, same thing. He didn't per se lose fights, but he wasn't exactly on a winning streak after he beat up Brendan Chop. So it goes to show you the caliber of fighters that Brendan was fighting that were kicking his ass. Oh, he beat Mirko Krokop. Sure, at the end of his career. Okay? It's meaningless. So I just made that comparison. And I also wanted to throw the joke in there about Aljo because motherfucker's already doing a podcast because, hey, failed fighter. All right. 
Uh, I also think Dana White is the definition of a fat cat. You remember that? Remember what we learned about this in history class, what a fat cat was? It definitely, you look at Dana White, you're like, he doesn't dress like a fat cat, but that's one. That's a modern day fat cat. That's a guy who's very money hungry. He, everything's business. I don't know if he has real friends. I think the closest people to Dana White are people that sit at a card table and gamble 200 grand away. <laughs> He's my friend. That's just another rich guy who, like, who can afford to lose 200 grand at blackjack. Also, play a, play a, play a man's card game. Play poker. You fucking pansies over here playing blackjack like you're a fucking 15 year old girl. I, I can count to 21. How much is the how much is the ace worth? <laughs> fucking lame. Uh, we'll keep going. I, I was gonna say, man, you think you got that that uh, that what's that the little midget's name? Uh, Hezbollah guy. Yep. You think Hezbollah, he's got yep, like a yep. stool propped up at the fucking card table playing cards with him and shit? Now that I'd like to see. Yeah. That I would like to see. I'd like to take all of Dana's money. Uh, but I also have this. Last thing, and this is just a question proposing to our audience as well as Sam himself. Will we ever see another Canadian champion? Is there even a top Canadian fighter right now? I put down two names, and you know who it is. One's Mike, Mike Malott. Malott. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mike Malott, and then I have Marco Madsen. Those are the two I could think of. So, answer the first part, Sam. But wait a minute, Marco what? Madsen's like... Sweden or something. Are you sure? Yeah, hold on. Wait a minute. I'll, I'll look that up in a second. He looks Canadian. He's Denmark. <laughs> Danish. He's Danish. Okay, so then Marco Madsen doesn't even count. So we nope. got Mike Malat as Mike somebody Malott. who's even a noticeable Canadian fighter with a bit of a name, you know? So, answer the question. Will we ever see another Canadian champion? Probably not. That guy just doesn't fight enough. I thought he was going to pick up, and he's picked up lately, but we need to see more of that guy. I think he's like living a life out well, on it's his a bit... boat and shit you don't have time for fighting yeah i guess <laughs> driving his fucking dad's boat um it just bothers me because gsp was such a dominant champion such a very well-rounded fighter represented his country so well and <clears throat> nobody was inspired i guess not. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> nobody in canada was like oh shit man I can't do Canadian accent. I could if I could hear one right here, but I got none. So I can't do one. But, you know, oh, hey, we got us a champion. It's a Wisconsin accent, basically. But we got a champion, George St. Pierre. And he's a French Canadian. Like, that's full-blown Canadian. You know what I mean? That's a Canadian dude that knows how to build an igloo. I'm thinking of Alaskans. doesn't matter. They're the same. What I'm getting at is I make this connection with the Chinese fighters as well because of being such a birthplace to mixed martial arts, and yet none of you guys have been champion? Like, the most recognized face in the UFC for many, many years was a Brazilian guy that wore a fucking a gi. Where's the Chinese guy that's supposed to be champion, right? The Japanese guy, an Asian guy of any kind as champion. Because, Sam, we grew up watching ninja movies, right? Those were the guys that could fight the best. Where are they? <laughs> are they just ninjas they're just out there being ninjas they can't take imagine a ninja fighting in the ufc he can't take off his shit he's got to dress as a ninja as he fights dude. oh man talking about a showtime kick off the cage i'm with it i'm just saying that because gsp is historically and we can agree one of the greatest fighters in the history of the ufc so well-rounded such a great champion so well-spoken even though his accent sucks he, he just has this ability to inspire and yet so many Canadians were like, nah, 
<laughs> nah. He worked really hard. <laughs> it's just weird. You'd think it'd be easier. It's like Michael Jordan. Surely there's a bunch of kids in Chicago that were like, I'm fucking trying to be him. And now they're in the NBA. You see what I'm saying? I can't name anybody, right? But there's so many dudes even coming up to this day that are like fucking Michael Jordan was my inspiration. Kobe Bryant was my inspiration. And yet you got the biggest name in MMA in your country. And you're like, yeah, but we like to skate and hockey. You know what I mean? Getting punched in the face yeah. is what we do with skates on, motherfucker. That we want. Did you realize Brad Katana was a Canadian? He's everything, isn't he? Yeah, so. A little bit of all of it. Oh. All right, let's talk about these fights, though, man. I'm ready. All right, all right. Fights that just went down in Brazil. Mark DeCasey was the first winner. Fernandez. Uh, and he basically just held him down to the ground. Most of the fight, pretty much all of the fight, got him on the ground. And something happened when he was on top of him. He wasn't doing a whole lot. And Michael Bisping, if you go go watch this, Michael Bisping, watch it for yourself. Man, he's doing just enough to uh, he's doing just enough to to stay on top of him. He's doing the work. He's putting the work in. And the referee walks over. It's like, hey, you got to get up. You're not doing anything. Bisping, ah, oh, that's a good job from the referee right there. <laughs> just he really wasn't doing nothing. Like, dude, you just contradicted what you said like 30 seconds ago. He didn't. Even, I don't even think he realized it. <clears throat> I'm sure he didn't. He's just being fed words from the producers. That's right. All right. Uh, what do you think about this next one, though? I'm curious. Uh, this was po- pure domination. Uh, Mora, she's just stronger, better at all levels. Uh, beat up on Montserrat Roares from the top position on the ground for two rounds. Damn. Beat the crap out of her. Did you watch? Uh, I got to the... I started at Angela Hill. Okay. Yeah, fun. Over the hill. <laughs> shout out to Squanchy. There you go. Little shout Squanchy. out, buddy. Angela over the hill, huh? Angela over... Oh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, she beat Denise Gomes. Uh, she stunned her with the early knockdown. And Gomes just couldn't get going. I don't know. What do you do from Gomes from here? This does nothing for her. Angela Hill, like said, is over the hill. Then you got a young prospect. What's Gomes? 20, uh, she's in her 20, she's 23. And now you just had her, this, this did nothing for her. No matter what would have happened. I mean, I guess you could say, hey, I beat, you know, 40-year-old Angela Hill, however right. old the lady is, <laughs> if she would have won the fight, 38. But, I just this does nothing for Gomes, and now Gomes went from a top prospect yep. to back to square one. I think that's sort of the main <laughs> the main issue with the female division is they keep doing this to the up and comers. They give these up and comers somebody who's been around for long enough and knows how to just survive a fight and give them a loss. So you're either going to get people like uh, Eduarda here who goes in and sleeps, uh, you know, gets the TKO over uh, Maserat. Montserrat, whatever, and now she's going to go on to fight somebody who has a relatively decent name, and it's just going to be this ground, I'm going to take you down, smother you, and now you have your loss on your record, and and all hopes for you of being a superstar is gone, and they keep doing this. I mean, we've seen it how many times. How long did it take Farat to get where she is, you know, got, get a title shot, and she was nasty right out of the gate, but they kept giving her fucking, why are you fighting this? She didn't lose, you know, I don't think she lost any point up until she got that title shot. But had she had lost, well, you fucked everything up now. 
thankfully she was able to run through these opponents. So I guess it is you kind of got to make the decision one way or the other. It's like, is, is it the opponent that's too good or is she not good enough to be pushed over this opponent and keep, you know, moving up the rankings? It's a very difficult job. I'm sorry for Sean. <laughs> it's a lot of money for that job, though. Can't be that hard. Uh, fire her, though. You know, Angela Hill should be in Bellator already. She should be a commentator in some other random league. Uh, you know, because we all need our females talking about <laughs> MMA because that makes sense. But, um, yeah, she didn't have the blonde braids when she fought, so I really didn't pay much attention anyways. <laughs> Go ahead. Victor Petrino, uh, another fight that was just pure domination uh, against Modestus Bukaskis. Uh, he hit him with a left hook in round two, and Bukaskis, he didn't see it coming at all. And it was lights out right there. That was just a minute in round two. Yeah, Petrino's relatively young, too. I think he's 25. So the way he fights just reminds me of Trevor Peak. Just those okay. punches come, like, kind of low in, and he just, just punches and bunches and doesn't seem to really get tired or just... He throws... He's always got the pressure on. He's always stolen. He's like he's putting everything he can into every punch. He's a scary guy. Like I said, he's young. He's got a lot of fights, uh, a lot of wins, excuse me, uh, no losses. <laughs> and he's in the light heavyweight division, which at this point, you might as well throw him to the wolves, man. He's walking through everybody else. Uh, Renat Fakhradinov, uh, Santos, Zaleski DeSantos. This was end up in a draw, majority draw. I, I hate that shit. But Renat, he had a huge first round, uh, a decent round two, and then DeSantos turned the tables around three. I, it was like Renat just... Got frustrated. He can't get this guy out of there. He's doing everything he can to this motherfucker. Yep. At round three, he's still there uh, punching away. So he's, I think he pretty much put everything he had in the first round to try to get rid of this guy, and he's still there. But anyway, a, a draw. Yeah, I feel like we kind of predicted this a little bit. I know we were heavily uh, leaning towards Renat. I really like Renat. Sit. Yeah, <laughs> but we, it was because Zaleski Dos Santos hasn't really been uh, a finishing artist or somebody who's going in there and just dominating. But he is a guy that just takes it all, everything you throw at him. And it was one of those fights that, you know, you like to see. It wasn't one of these boring decisions. It was mm. like they were both trying. They were both certainly trying to finish the other person, yeah, do something. Sure. And it was just a, uh, uh, a match made in heaven, a clash of styles that was so perfect that nobody could, you know, get their footing. So one, uh, what do you do? Where do they go now? Uh, who knows? Who knows? But uh, Elves Brenner, right? Brenner, what is it? Brenner, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, versus Kainan Krushank, something. I can't see the full name. I don't care because it's it's all about Brenner here anyways. Yeah, right? that guy was a late replacement, and we pretty yeah. much predicted that he was going to get knocked out pretty quickly. Absolutely, and a, and a beautiful – I mean, I don't know how you could set that up, that finish, but – by God, he fucking didn't stop swinging, did he? He, he, he like, threw a right hook. <laughs> I think he sort of missed him. And the way that he dodged, he threw another – no. He threw a left hook, and the way that the guy dodged, somehow he hit him with his right hand on the left side of his face and knocked him clean up. He went face down. He went right to the cemetery, bro, right in the fucking right grave. Boom. That was fantastic. And it was huge for him. But, again – the casual people will be all like, oh, fuck, we got a, we got the next guy. This, but you fought no one. You should do that if you are actually a possible future star. You should do that. 
You know, you shouldn't be having a decision against a guy who's also his debut. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird. Uh, fighting nerd, Kyle Brallo. Boo. Abus Magomedov. God damn it. You know, I had kind of high hopes for Magomedov. I felt like he would have learned from his mistakes versus Strickland. And this was like the same fight. He come in, he wore himself out, and then Free Spirit just took over from there. The guy, man, hit the gym, do something, some cardio training. Uh, Abus, I don't know what to tell you. you would, you're a decent fighter for the first round of your last couple of fights, and then it goes all downhill from there. I love it that you're on Abus because I'm going to be on Cal. Here we go. Um, first off, for the guy, I don't even know. Cal would be his name, right? C-I-I-O. Who knows? Just I just have call a different him free name. spirit. Uh, free spirit. First and foremost, no jumping on the cage if you don't finish. Don't ever jump on the cage and celebrate like you just slept this guy in fucking seven seconds, motherfucker. You went to a decision. You're still hoping to get your hand raised, motherfucker. That's so stupid to me. So arrogant. So arrogant. You know what I mean? Um, also, especially coming from a guy with free spirit on his neck and fight or die. Poorly placed on his bicep. Also in the same handwriting as a third grader. Like literally just handwritten. There's, it's not a cool text. It doesn't look like a cool tattoo. In fact, it doesn't look real. These, and then he's got, bro, he's got fucking chapter three from War and Peace on his fucking rib cage. Fucking how many words does this guy have to have on his side that he can't ever read? That shit is dumb as fuck looking. He's getting every tattoo he can for girls. Hey, that's a cool tattoo. What's it say? <laughs> no idea. The one on my neck you can clearly read, though, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> the dude's corny as fuck. And thank God I cannot understand anything he says. Otherwise, I'd probably dislike this nerd even more. I swear <laughs> I every tattoo he has. I don't think you can dislike him anymore. I don't think it's possible. Well, here's the thing, though. I also dislike Connor at a certain point, and there's a good chance that Cal can end up just start taking dudes out, and I'm like, well, free spirit for the fucking win. What do you want yeah. me to say? <laughs> what do you want me to say, man? Because he has had some really good fights. I'm not going to shit on that, but the fact that he's fighting this Abus guy, jumps on the cage like he just finished him. Bro, you didn't do nothing. Uh, like I said, I swear every tattoo he has is just some words. Uh, either, uh, either something from a third grader or Chinese on his chest it's just words everything he has has to be a word it's weird again girl tattoos but all right put your glasses back on guy nasamento dantel Mays. i'll be honest with you man i was tuned out of this fucking fight because they wouldn't doing anything i see Mays would back up to the fence nasamento would come in hit him a couple of times punch from Mays would punch from standing at the, the fence and it was just like that the whole fight that was the entire thing. Uh, Nascimento's footing was very bad. It was like every time he got hit, he was knocked his he was knocked off balance. It's not like he was hurt. Just downtown Maze is just gonna. It doesn't matter where, how he hits you, or how it connects. It's gonna move you. <laughs> That's how big this guy is. Uh, he Dantel needs to get with a camp. I mean, you can't be that type of guy built like that and this dedicated but also be doing this poorly i'm sorry it just doesn't add up none of those things add up you can't be if you're the person that owns the gym you it's hard to have a guy that looks like him is as dedicated as him but as 
is as unsuccessful as him. You'd be trying to pull that guy to the side. Hey, man, let's do it. Let's do an extra Sunday. Just you and me. We'll work on the whatever the fuck it is. Kickboxing. You know, I mean, he's nasty. He's a big boy. He's got heavy hands. He's got to work on that speed. He's very much a Muhammad Usman type of guy where it's like you have to time your explosiveness perfectly. If you don't, you are gassed. That's the end, boy. You better start popping them jabs early. You know what I mean? You're you're more of a, a first round finish guy if you can do it in the first 90 seconds or really, really pull back in the second and third round. And then if you do that, that's how you lose. Because now you're tired. Now you're not connecting. Now you're missing shots. So all that work that you did in the first round where you were essentially beating this guy is meaningless in the second and third round because now you can't do anything. Nothing. No, you're not even putting points on the board. Dante just needs better fucking coaches, man. I'm telling you. This Rodrigo Nascimento cannot be that fucking good, right? This, this was a rematch Don, no one asked for. I don't know what, what the UFC wanted to do with this rematch. Look, Mays really can beat Nascimento. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. Not at all. It's a, there's a lot of heavyweight matchups you can make. How about the next one? Did that one make, make sense? Either one of these guys look better. Yeah, the, the Bon Fiend brothers, their 15 minutes of fame is, is over. That's a wrap. So, you know, Nicholas, the, the first round of this, uh, Nicholas Dalby, Gabriel, Gabriel Bon Fiend. First round was a slugfest. Uh, bon Fiend, he ended up. Getting a takedown and got some top control right to the end of the first round. Round two, Dolby just, he keeps the, the pressure on, the pace. Man, uh, Dolby, it was like no matter how hard he was hit, it, it seemed like Bonfim's like, and thinking in his head, okay, I'll knock this guy out any minute. And Dolby's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not fucking going anywhere. I'm here, motherfucker. Let's throw down. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And I don't think Bonfim has been in there with anybody that can throw down like Dolby can. And I think it surprised him and shocked him and led to the TKO. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that thing about uh, Dolby there, where he is, the pressure is incredible. You, you, We never thought about this before in any of his matches. He's very pressure. He's all pressure. He stays on top of you. Huh. That could be, be a problem. There was one point in the fight. And that Bonfim was just looking at the clock like, damn, won't this round hurry up? I've had enough. <laughs> I mean, Dolby's very well-rounded, too. He's got a pretty good skill set when it comes to the striking. He's He can use his hands, his feet, everything. And he does it very well. He doesn't ever, He's never off balance, you know? Uh, so he's go, one to go. watch in the, in the future. I mean, he's Absolutely. won four straight now after that loss to Tim Means. They kicked him out. They they got they didn't yeah. recontract him. Brought his ass back, and now he's beating your guys' guy. Whoops! <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. The funny thing is, like, he had so many decisions before. I yeah. mean, all his like all his wins, except for when he was in Cage Warriors, were all was with decisions. Yeah, he hadn't had a finish since 2019, way back. Well, I think Dolby might be one of those guys that is very much a Cerrone guy, where it's like. You you need you need to show up. Maybe not a Cerrone guy, but the, the opposite, where he's gonna show up no matter what. It doesn't matter the guy, or he is like Cerrone, where he's only gonna show up and be the best version of himself against the best guy. You know, so oh here I am fighting this. You know, your guys is whatever they call it, your fucking golden child, and I'm gonna destroy him just to prove a point. 
that could have been the mentality going in. Maybe the coaches even set that up. And if they were smart coaches, that's what I would have said. Hey, this is their fucking darling. This is the next guy. Stomp him the fuck out, bro. You have to. Finish him. There is no decision. You have to beat him the fuck up. And if that's what it was going in my head, I'd be like, that makes the most sense. <laughs> makes the mo- I'm going to do the damnedest thing I can, you know? And he certainly did uh, for the co-main because the main event, uh, boring. That's great. Jolton Almeida. Yeah, he just held Lewis to the ground. Takedowns at all costs. And he's successful. Even when the takedown looked like shit, when he like falls down to the ground and barely has a, 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 a pinky finger on Lewis's foot, he still gets him taken down for some somehow. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, the guy's strong as hell because Derek Lewis is the most... I would say there's two or three guys that are in the heavyweight division that are definitely heavyweights. There is no other option. And Derek Lewis is definitely at the top of the heap because you're going to fight at 205, my guy. There's no fucking way you can be the You can be the thinnest version of a heavyweight, but you're naturally a heavyweight. That's just what's, what it's going to be. And Jailton Almeida is most definitely not, but he's got the strength of a heavyweight by far, for sure. The only problem is, is I feel like these guys like Jailton, they get in this little bit of a hype train that they don't realize that they're even in. Uh, he's showing his face at the apex all the time. The UFC is probably, you know, babying him, giving him everything he needs, <laughs> hydrating him, all this shit, making him their next guy, making him stay at heavyweight even. And you're going to go wrestle Derek Lewis? That right there doesn't give me any reason to pick you for against anyone. Because that's boring. Hey, if he would have knocked out Derek Lewis, guess what, though? If he would have choked out Derek Lewis, guess what, though? Even when he's sitting directly on top of Derek Lewis, if he would have just hammered fist him, him and knocked him out. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, you, this, this, fine, it works. Well, you can go back to your camp happy you won. But if you're trying to be a champion, I'll tell you right now, that ain't going to work. That Yeah, you might win the fight. You might win fights, but it's not going to sell a pay-per-view. Nobody wants to see you laying down on a fucking guy twi- you know, twice your size, kind of. You know, He's <laughs> a fucking big boy. Uh, it's just boring. And then not get a finish, okay? The whole point of these main events, at least in my mind, as far as pay-per-views are concerned, is they want to see you dominate. The the better you better chances of you, I guess the better version of your domination is what's going to sell the next fight that you have. If you have to have a next fight. You know, some of these guys could have this last fight, like Cerrone, get beat the fuck up by Conor McGregor, and then retire with a whole bunch of, you know what I mean? Like, all the money he could have ever asked for, and then it's fine. No one's going to give a shit. No one's going to think twice about it. Whereas these other guys, it's like, I'm just going to keep coming back, keep looking like a fool, keep barely performing, and keep trying to fight for this title shot that I'm just not impressing enough people to make it worth it. Like, oh, I'm a big social media star. Congratulations. Go start a podcast, bitch. This isn't, that's not going to help you here. You have to dominate fights. Dominating includes finishing the fight. It includes wrestling. It includes grappling. It includes head kicks, all this stuff. But if you're just going in there and you're dominating and and to the to the point of five rounds of 25 minutes in heavyweight in the heavyweight division, it's no one's impressed by that when you got guys that have one punch knockout, you know, uh, 10 ranks below you. It's incredible because heavyweight division is tough. Me and Sam have talked about this over and over of how it used to be, how it is, what it was before. And it's just a tough, tough division to essentially even be a star in. You know what I mean? To be the next guy that people are like, fuck yes. Because it is so quick where like a Tai Tuivasa can go on a three-fight losing streak and then a three-fight winning streak. And it's like, we were we really liked him at first. <laughs> you know, It's just so easy. That's what the fight game is more fun than any other sport. 
hundred percent. The heavyweight There's division not, makes me sad thinking about what it used to be and what it is now. There were like it's over uh, larger than life characters basically in heavyweight division. And Can I now, say it might be because of USADA? It might be because of USADA. When USADA took over, the heavyweight division has been shit. The heavyweight fighters have been shit. When Daniel Cormier with his fucking jelly belly is the champion, that's weird. Because it does make more sense for a guy like Stipe Miocic, who's a fucking firefighter, all this shit, you know what I mean? Like a man's man, to go in there and be the heavyweight champion. Because that's what the tough guy tournament was. It was a guy who fucking had calloused hands, he didn't wear gloves, came in, took his shirt off, had on jeans, and fought. That's a Stipe, that's a Stipe Miocic, you know what I mean? That's that guy. So what do you think then, of Almeida calling out Cyril gone? Boring. <laughs> like That's just boring to me. Well, I mean, what are we going to do? Knock him out, Cyril. You have to, because all he's going to do is grab your legs. Jailton has to show us more. This was not impressive. This does nothing for me in the hopes of a, a future uh, champion or whatever the fuck. Are we on 295 now? Let's go. <laughs> all right, let's do it. UFC 295, Madison Square Garden in New York. And it starts off, man, a lot of these fights changed up the order, like, very late. But anyway, uh, Dennis Bazooka versus Jamal Emmers. And Emmers has a three and a half inch reach advantage. He's 34. Dennis is only 26. So Emmers, 19 and 7. Seven knockout wins. Three submissions. Nine of his fights has been, nine of his fights have been decisions, his wins. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He's 2-3 in the UFC. He had a split decision loss to Jack Jenkins in his last fight. Dennis Bazooka. Four knockouts, one sub win, six decision wins, three decision losses. He lost to Sean Woodson in, the, in his UFC debut in his last fight. I tell you, that that is a, a hell of a debut to make, to face Sean Woodson in your debut. You know, I guess you got to fight somebody. You got to get in there, but... You know, this is a tough one to call, man. Emmers has the reach advantage. Bazooka's the younger fighter. Emmers seems to be the more dynamic fighter. I'm going with Bazooka, though. I, I think, you know, he's going to find a way to win. That that fight against Woodson, that, that was back when Woodson was dominating people. That short little span when one of his relatives died or something. He was all fucking emotional. So, if I had to choose a guy, I'd go with him. With bazooka guy, yeah, bazooka? yeah, but yeah, I'm calling him bazooka. Well, Emmers for me is one of these guys you just can't count out. I mean, it's it's any he's one of these guys. He again a pressure guy. He'll fight anybody. I'm a little bit disappointed he's this low on the card though. Although it is a pay per view, glad he's getting that money. But it's also you're not really on the pay per view. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, but Jamal Emmers has got a name, so this is this is big for yeah. Dennis if he can come in and show. You know. We might have somebody to pay attention to, because Emmer's again nineteen and seven. It's not a great record, but he's again to me he's one of these guys that if you're coming up in the featherweight division, you're gonna have to face him at some point or another. All right, just yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna talk about the next fight. Uh, Joshua Van, Kevin Borges. So Joshua Van, he's only twenty two years old. Borges is only twenty five. Uh, Borges. Eight knockout wins. Uh, he was sum- submitted. Well, one submission loss. Uh, he's coming off a decision loss. Uh, he's coming off. God, I can't talk at all. Coming off a decision win on the contender series. He's won his last four fights. 
this is his UFC debut. And uh, Joshua Van, five knockouts, two submissions. He's got one submission loss. He's won his last six fights. He had a split decision win in his UFC debut. That was over uh, Zumalog. You know the fuck I'm talking. The guy that's 14 yeah. and 9. So, you know, if you have a decision win over that guy, a split decision win over that guy, I, I'm not looking for you to... I, there's no way I can, in my right mind, I can, I can like, predict you winning another fight unless I see some more. You know what True. I'm saying? Oh. Yeah. So you're so you're saying that this Kevin guy is new. Borjas has been here before, right? Yeah, he's uh, that was that was his first fight in the UFC. Okay, so this Joshua Van guy's new. Yeah, he's 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 new. I don't wait, know why. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I just fucking just told you backwards just now. So the the Kevin Kevin Borjas, he's the one that just came off the Contender Series with that decision win. Joshua okay. Van. Was the one that that had a split decision win over Zumulog Zumugulov? Okay, so that means that Borja, this is Borja's first actual UFC fight. Yes, interesting. That just made everything a little different. A decision win and get what was the, was there anything? Did we talk about this to extent at all when the Contender Series happened? Did we talk about Borja's at all? Was it an interesting decision? Was it a tough fight? I don't recall. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So if you won by decision and it doesn't stick in our head as like a fight that was like, holy shit, this could be tough for him. I mean, they, they, both these kids got records that are decent. You know, I'm not mad at that. I think if they're smart and they're actual flyweights, we're going to see some speed. We're going to see a lot of fast punches. We're going to see some fun takedowns and grappling and uh, possibly see a, a new contender as, as a flyweight. You know, who knows? Yeah, his, his contender series was week one back in August. And he fought a guy. That decision was a, a win over a guy that was eleven and two at, at the time. Okay. So. But still, what my point is, it's like if if the decision was back and forth, he barely pulled it off. Whatever, you know, that makes it a little bit harder to assume that these lights aren't going to be a problem. You know what I mean? With these uh, an audience and what what have you. But I don't know. I like I like the small guys. They're both five four. Yeah. They're both young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to be a banger, dude. I think yeah. if they both really want to be here. I was gonna say I hope I hope the fight's standing and we see uh you yeah. know stand up battle a little stand up battle. Absolutely, I think that we will see that we will see that in the next one. I think so because it's uh John Castaneda, right? John the sexy Mexi, the sexy Mexi, one of uh Sam's favorite fighters, versus <laughs> uh the sexy uh, Asian guy who I call Mister Perfect. That's not his nickname. I just call him that because he is. Um, no, this guy does look like a fucking. You know, Asian movie star for sure. He, he does look like Liu Kang from the original Mortal Kombat film. Um, I don't like him using that Mr. Perfect nickname, man. No, oh. uh, nobody does this. Mr. Like Perfect's Kurt yeah. Henning. The Kurt Henning's yeah. Mr. Perfect. You ever watch those <laughs> vignettes where, like, he's hitting a baseball, it goes over the fence every time, he's shooting threes every time. Like, I, I know, love those vignettes. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. That was during a time where I still liked wrestling. Um, but, <clears throat> but here's the thing. Kang's a pretty decent uh, grappler as well. If I'm not mistaken, this Kang fella has won his last two fights via submission. Uh, I'll look. I got one. That. I got one at least. Well, yeah, the, his last fight was submission. The fight fight before before that was decision. Uh, okay. You know he's won eight of his last ten. Most of his nine losses were early in his career, so he's kind of like on a comeback. I like it, and uh, to me, he's a sellable guy. Hmm. This is a guy you can sell all day long. You know what I mean? His name's Kang already. You put L U in front of that dude, you got Mortal Kombat. Liu Kang. Um, 
Yeah, I think this is going to be a banger, though. John Castaneda, he's a, he's a stocky guy. He's a shorter, stocky guy. He throws big fists. Uh, I think he's a halfway decent grappler as well. I think he's not going to have any trouble on the ground. What I think is going to be the difference is where they're going to keep this fight. Who's going to make the decision in where this fight stays? Uh, does this go to a second round? Hell yeah. Now, here's my observation from the sexy Mexi. It seems like he comes in, throws a few punches, and lands a takedown every damn fight he's in. No matter if he ends up losing later on. The man always gets a takedown, so... Depends on what he can do with this to take down on on uh, Kang. All right, let's go to the next fight because this is a wild fight for me. Jared Gordon, Marco Madsen. So, Marco Madsen, of course, he's the, the the Olympic silver medalist wrestler from Denmark, but he got beaten his own game, taken down quick, submitted by Grant Dawson in the last fight, and you have Jared Gordon who. He didn't look that great against Bobby Green before he beat up on Patty, Patty Pimblett. He should have that that should have been a fucking win. Yeah, because you could also say you could also say that most people re- recently haven't looked good against Bobby Green. <laughs> so Madsen's gonna want to go to the clinch and wrestle, and Gordon's. Good, I think he's just gonna stand outside and pick him off. Hold on, Sam. I got something better for you. How about this? I think Mark is going to avoid the takedowns. Jesus, come in punch. I think I swinging? think he's gonna try to stand. I think he, because holy shit, why, that's like a huge twist for what the guys are planning for. You know what I'm saying? And that that, really, that works well for guys like Dan Henderson. You know what I mean? You're assuming he's gonna take your ass down, and yeah, he will eventually. But he's also got two two nasty hooks. Good luck, dude. You better avoid. Protect your fucking head. So maybe Marco Madsen has something to prove here because his last matchup, he was so devastated in the wrestling, he might avoid it. Right? Like, if you were the guy who was, like, the wrestler guy, went in and got dominated at your thing, the next fight I'm going to be like, well, I'm not going to try to wrestle as much. Uh, I have it. I'm glad that it's there, that that's my, you know, my foundation, my, my foundation of skills. But I'm not going to force that because when I was forcing it against uh, Grant Dawson, I was getting dominated. I'm going to try to make sure that I, I, I have – maybe Jared will try to wrestle him. You see what I'm saying? That's the fight game, though. <laughs> But this guy's old, man. Mark is yeah. old. He's thirty nine. Mm-hmm. He's got. He's twelve and one. I mean, what's the goal here? Yeah, this guy what's... don't have anything to prove. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Other than like uh, wrestling is superior than any other form not... of mixed martial arts. He's not going to be a champion anywhere. He's... Right. Well, Bellator. I'm sure he could, it would be a problem. Some some kind of wrestling tournament somewhere. But yeah, yeah I, I think he's going to try to wrestle, and Gordon's going to be. I I hundred percent him off on the that's, outside. I, I, I can just picture okay, it in put my it, mind. I, I got ninety nine percent that that's exactly what's going to happen. I do like your that, twist, though. It makes sense that that w- that would be what would take place. But if I was as coaches, I'd be like, you know what, dude, if we could land on Jared. We can find spots to land on him. Patty Pimblett somehow landed enough to pull off the decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was even bullshit. though he, he right. <laughs> so why not take the opportunity to at least use your wrestling if when it's necessary. Like I like guys that do that. I, Justin Gaethje, you know, a guy who's well well known to be this crazy good wrestler, only to never wrestle. <laughs> Use it when it's necessary. If a guy can't, if he's not knocking you out, and Jared Gordon, I don't think he's gonna be able to knock out Mark Madsen. He's got a tiny little head. Um, <laughs> I think that it's it's just more beneficial to see a stand up fight, stand up yeah. war. See well, what I like Mark it, man. It's really like got. M Night Shyamalan shit here. Mark <laughs> yeah, Madsen comes go. in yeah, fucking yeah. swinging. It will be a Fingers twist crossed. that I wouldn't have pictured. But, hey, hey, hey that's, that'd be sweet to see. Definitely. All right, so this next fight, Nazem Sadiakov 
<laughs> Via Shivslav? Borskov? I don't know how to say this motherfucker's name. Alright, uh, a lightweight just... belt. Squanchy, you're gonna get in this real quick. I can't say these motherfuckers' names, man. Part of our charm. Alright. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, this, Nazim guy, you know, he's okay. he's 29, he's 5'10. He's the betting favorite. Six knockouts, two submission wins. Uh he's lost he lost his first ever fight, and then he's won nine in a row. So he's nine and one. He's two and oh in the UFC, beat Evan Elder. Uh and then he just fucking destroyed Terrence McKinney, subbed him in a second round. That Evan Elder fight, that was a TKO. Uh this Borshev guy. Six knockouts, you know. He's seven and three. Three of all three of his losses, decision. You know, he lost two of his last three fights. He did have a, a TKO win in his last fight, and the 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 weird thing is with this people is uh, Mark DeCasey, you know, outlasted Borshov for a win, and I think you know if DeCasey could do that, uh, Sadiakov, I think he can do the same thing. Yeah, I I think I'm having an issue here with Nazim that I have not seen enough. I have I have no tape in my brain, other than the Terrence McKinney finish, and Borshev, as far as I I can remember without clicking on it, he's a okay, he's a five nine to the five eight sixty nine. They're very well well matched here. I think Borshev wants to stand up though. I think he prefers to be standing. Uh, Nazim's probably going to be trying to get that that wrestling going. We'll see, man. This is an interesting matchup of terrible names. <laughs> uh, next up, though, I'll do this one. Roosevelt Roberts. Can we hear it? Can we give it up for Roosevelt Roberts one time? You know what I mean? Whoops. That's the. <laughs> playing the boot? Oh. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> like a um, Janet Jackson nipple. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, first things we'll say is he, who's he fighting here? Matush. Uh, Matush. Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. What's he got going on? Rebecca, 31. Uh, he KO'd. Oh my God! I'm not even worth trying to say this. He's, guy's he's name. won his last 15 fights, man. He hasn't oh, lost since 2014. God. And the thing is, uh, Roosevelt Roberts, uh huh, he's like literally just inserted in this fight. Like, I love it. That's yesterday, the, that's, that's, I think this was announced yesterday, two days ago. But that's the Roosevelt Roberts that we thought we loved from the show. <laughs> okay, because he was a guy. I'm gonna fight anybody. I'm gonna fight anybody. It doesn't matter. I'm coming in there. And I'm gonna do my fucking thing. What training? What do you mean? He's like Allen Iverson. Practice? What do you mean practice? I'm coming in there to whoop some ass. And Roosevelt Roberts definitely has that. He has that. He has that. He has that ability. The problem is, is he's fighting a guy who's been waiting. You know what I mean? Like a guy who, who's been waiting for anyone to fucking sign a contract. What do you got? <laughs> now I printed this paper out on Monday night. Okay. And it says and it had nobody. Unknown fighter. Interesting, <laughs> but uh, so let's, let's yeah. I don't think I don't stats. think Roosevelt Roberts as much as I like him. He's entertaining. I like him on the mic. I like the guy. I don't think he's able to deal with the pressure that Rebecca puts on him. I really don't. Can I say this too? Good. Rebecca's five six. Roosevelt Roberts is six two. That's true, bro. Sixty six inch reach to a seventy three. Now, what is Roosevelt good at? Distance. To me, he's very good at uh, using the distance to strike. Hands, feet, everything. He's very good at it. But he does have a problem where he will defend by backing up like this. 
where he just pulls his head back. You pull your head back like that. Rebecca doesn't have to connect, but he does. That does open up an opportunity for a takedown. So it's really up to Roosevelt how he wants to play this. Do you want to come in aggressive and try to sleep this man? Do you want to try to figure out what he's about in the first round, try to do some work in the second round? We'll see. If you get to the second round and now you're tired, because I just I've never seen Roosevelt in that position where he's been tired. But that could be it's been so long, right? It's been a it's been a bit of a while on top of the fact that you're fighting sort of on short notice. All right, straw weight bout next. Tabitha Ritchie versus Lupetta Godinez. Loopy. Loop, oh, sorry. So, I just want to say she's won five of her last six fights. You know, after losing decision to Angela Hill. Of course, she had lost that uh, Luana Carolina fight. But she's looked better than ever in her last three fights. It's like, not, it doesn't even seem like the same person. But, that's how I wrote down. But before we get too excited, let's remember that those opponents are combined 29 and 18. So this will be a good test to see where she is, if she really is uh, back and better than ever. Uh, because this, the only thing I know for sure about this fight, come on, let's go into a decision. Come the fuck on. Uh, Richie, her only loss was an, a TKO loss to Manon Farat. Uh, but Dow's won four in a row. Lots of grappling here. Uh, it, I, I think this all depends on if Loopy can get takedowns. Loopy's been taking down people that will no problems as of late, and we'll see what she can do. Yeah, I think her best option is to try to get that takedown as early as she can and look for the finish. She's got to look for the finish early because if they end up back on the feet, Richie's got an advantage, I believe, in the in the stand up. I think she's uh they're very well matched, both five one, five two, sixty one inch reach. So it's it's heavily. I don't know. I think in my if I was to really put money on this or you know pick like we used to, I would have to go Loopy. Just because I think she's been so consistent, she's like you said, taking down at will. Yeah. I don't know what Richie's takedown defense is even like. <laughs> yeah, if I had to put money on this, I would say it's going to a decision. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I, I I have to say so too. But my fingers what? are crossed that Loopy can get a finish because it's just going to help her so much more. It you would. Know I mean? It's going to for sure. It's going to just push her because she's been doing. <laughs> what she fight? She was the only woman I think that fought that quickly. What two weeks or some shit? Oh yeah, yeah. That's why she. That's why we know her is because of that, and she also won both those fights, I believe. All right, next uh, about flyweight Steve Ersig, Alexandra Costa. All right, so Costa four knockout, six submission wins. He's been knocked out twice. He's won eight of his last nine fights. One and one in the UFC. Uh, he was knocked out in his UFC debut, but he beat Jimmy Flick in his last fight. But here's the thing. Flick, Jimmy Flick is not Jimmy Flick. He left, he retired, he came back, and the man has not been anywhere near the same as what he was. So I don't know how to judge his Costa. Looking at Steve Orsig, one knockout, six submission wins. He beat Dave Dvorak in his last fight. Now Dvorak I hold in a lot higher regard than Jimmy Flick. Right. Uh, that was... That was uh, UFC debut. He's only has one loss, and that was in 2017 in his second ever fight. He's won nine straight. Uh, yeah, if I was forced to pick a winner, Steve or Sig. And, you know, I think their reach is close to the same. I don't have that right in front of me. Or Sig's yeah. five foot eight to Costa's five four. Yikes. It's a 68 and 67 inch reach. So, right there. 
Even though their fucking height is that <laughs> that's yeah. vast. It's wild. All right, uh, featherweight belt: Pat Sabatini, Diego Lopes. Whoa! What you seeing? This is interesting. <laughs> this is a hell of a matchup, dude. What this, a fight! This fight's gonna have so much fucking scrambling in it. I'm saying, <laughs> dude, I'm excited. That's that's exciting. Sabatini versus Lopez is very interesting because Lopez has been on the tear. Sabatini, what do you have? One loss. He's, what is he? Three and four out of his last four fights, some shit like that. And he's basically done it all by submission. And and Lopez is very much a submission guy, too. So like you said, hella scrambles, dude. Who's going to get a limb first or the neck first is really what's going to happen. And we haven't... I, I can't remember the last time we saw two straight-up grapplers fight. Yeah, I feel like they try to avoid that. Yeah, 17, uh, Sabatini's won seven of his last eight. Uh, Perfect. I was pretty close. Yeah, the only one he lost to there was Damon Jackson. Yeah. and Also another tough guy. Yeah, extremely. He was but knocked Diego's out in a, a minute. <laughs> Diego's a young guy, dude. He's a young guy who's coming in here hungry. He's got a little bit of size on him, a little bit of weight on him, you know, just as far as the, the build. Uh, but Sabatini's so quick. He finds him easy. They just fall into his lap somehow. I, I don't, I'd like to see what happens. This is a... Dude, nothing... You remember how I told you about the Conor McGregor fights where you're like, dude, I hope I don't die before I get to see this. I want to see this fight so bad. I feel the same way. I got to see Lopez versus Sabatini. That's just such a good fight. It's like, I better not get in a car accident next week <laughs> before Saturday. <laughs> Sabatini, he's so strong on the, especially on the ground. Like I've seen him taken down and then he's reversing. He's back on yep. top. Yep. This, this guy, quick, he gets strong. a hold of you. You're going to the ground. I think, you know, another thing that people, uh, they might not quantify with, with fighting is, uh, body control. Like they don't think about it as often as all the other skill sets that are necessary. Body control is huge. Like if these guys can walk on their hands, you know what I mean? Whatever splits that type of shit. You're like, well, let's, we're going to, we're going to be a lot better at the grappling thing just because we're, you know what I mean? We just understand it a little bit more. We have control of all of our appendages. It's not mental in the in the aspect of like I gotta know what position I'm in. It's like I gotta be able to make sure I can put my leg in that position or whatever. You know, make sure I'm capable of doing that. And uh, I think both these guys are Sabatini and Lopez very well aware of their body. Uh, but let's talk about this next one, dude. We got Matt Fravola versus uh, Benoit Saint Denis. Uh, 12, 11, 3 and one for Fravola. We remember the McKinney sleep knocked him out, but he's been on a tear since then. He's two two wins in a row, I believe, maybe three. Uh, three. Yeah, uh, he's won three straight after uh, getting steamrolled by McKinney in seven seconds. Another shout out to Sam's guy because I have no notes in front. And of all Sam's, knockout wins. Too, Sam's the three. note guy. I, I just remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. Uh, I, I mean, I do have obviously the card in front of me, but all that extra shit I'd have to click on and research. And I'm not that guy. I'm the funny one. Uh, what's his, what's his name, Sam? I keep forgetting the guy's name. Schmeagel. Oh, Squanchy? Squanchy. Schmeagel, Squanchy. I mean, yeah. he, he was that close. This anyway. guy's going right. to think he's the only listener. We keep talking about <laughs> he that. Might, he might as well be. I'm not even going to mention he's my old, brother anymore. He's, old, he's, the, he's old, the only listener that's left news. us a nice review. Your brother hasn't fucking left us no reviews. Yeah. <laughs> he's still using an Android. No, it actually right. hits me up in, uh, every once in a while. We need five stars. All right. But anyways, what yeah. I'm saying is this next fight, we talked about Diego Lopez, Pat Sabatini a little too much, but this fight is the same way. For Vola versus St. Dennis, very interesting matchup. I don't know who would be the favorite in this. I think maybe St. Denise because of the recent 
he hasn't lost. You know, he's the, the last time I checked, he was a, a minus two thirty five favorite, so pretty heavy. I don't favorite. even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> pretty heavy so favorite, good. but he's coming just because he's coming off wins over Ismail Bonfim and yeah. Indiago Moises. But you know, here's the thing: was Bonfim all hype? <laughs> we don't know. And uh, but, for Vola, I mean, this dude. I can. I'm just picturing this fight in my head. I'm seeing Frivola getting taken down, getting back up, scrambling back up, and then standing up. I think Denise would be in trouble. Frivola early struggles. I don't know. Every time I, I picture this fight, I see him struggling early, and then all of a sudden swinging for the fucking fences. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll put some money on Frivola here, but. That that's how I picture this going down, and maybe you know, maybe it's the uh, to me with the Frivolas, the veteran. You know, I got that mentality, that mentality too. But I like it. That's how I see. It. That's you. what I see happening. I'm not mad at you for at least giving the takedown at the beginning of Saint Dennis, which is fine. <laughs> but I think this is going to be a barn burner. I think these dudes are going to step into a phone booth and punch each other in the face until somebody goes to sleep, because I think Saint Dennis is 100 with that. I know. Oh, Frivola is, and I think St. Dennis is. Frivola's down to just put me in the motherfucking phone booth and let's get after it. Problem is, Frivola, to me, as good as he is, he will get a step ahead of himself. And I have seen him do it. It's very it's very much a Patty Pimblett situation where you're already winning, and then you somehow get yourself caught. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you pull off a little bit, hit... You know, you see the guy hurt, tag him twice, back up. Don't don't keep trying to attack. Use the veteran. If he is the veteran that he is, then Sam is 100% right. He can he can rock St. Dennis, tag him a couple more times, back off. So that way, because St. Dennis ain't going to sleep like that. He's going to hit you while he's rocked. You know what I mean? It's going to be one of those fights. I'm excited about this matchup. I'm, I'm happy that Frivola is healthy again, and he's he's been fighting more recent, uh, consistently. I love that. Uh, hopefully, he, him and Terrence will see each other again down the road. I'd like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Benoit's. If it's if it was up to me, you know, my ginger brethren, obviously Frivola, that's my guy. But Saint Dennis is just he's too fucking tough. That's just a tough guy. That's a dude that probably chews up rocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Next, we got a very exciting matchup: women's strawweight. Mackenzie Dern, Jessica Andrade. Here's the deal, man. If this was 2019, this would be an <laughs> exciting matchup. And I would think Andrade has a chance. But here we are almost in 2024, and Dern's coming off that dominant win over Angela Hill. Yeah, she should have got the finish, but she had – Hill's not easy to finish, and she had her on the ground beating her up. And, you know, Andrade, she's lost her last three fights – I don't know what's going on with her. She hasn't seemed the same lately at all. So I, I don't think Dern will have a problem with her. And if it's Wait. 2019, just gay Andrade all day long. I, I love that you said that Angela Hill is not easy to finish. That should be her main stat. Yeah. Anytime she's fighting, the main thing that the commentators say, she's not easy to finish. Yeah. She's not easy to finish. <sighs> Look at her record. She has the most elbows per round. I mean, you know, with somebody with eleven, with thirteen losses, and they've only been finished twice. I say only, you know, but yeah, thirteen losses—that's a lot of I, damn losses. Now, are you saying the twenty nineteen thing because of Mackenzie Dern or because of Andrade? Because of, because of Andrade. Now you're saying Mackenzie Dern has got this then? Yes, Me that's too. what I feel. Me too. <laughs> it's fucking so dumb. Why is Jessica Andrade so ranked so high still? It's incredible. I don't know. <laughs> 
they're like she slammed a bitch <laughs> like that's how simple they are but she slammed a girl remember i'm ready to see tatiana again yeah that I've- yeah that was nice that was absolutely crisp I like the work from her. I'm excited about the future. I, I can't wait to remember the name when it comes up again. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, heavyweight battle here. Tom Aspinall. Yes. Sergey Pavlovich. So, all right, Aspinall, we know all about this guy. Uh, you know, if you go look at his career, his record, he really only has one loss. I mean, he's got three losses, sure, but one loss was that knee injury that was 15 yep. seconds in the fight i know that's Crazy. a loss 2016 he was disqualified for illegal down elbow so if you take them two things out you know 2015 he was caught in a submission but if you take those two things out he barely has any fights there you go <laughs> 10 knockout wins three submission wins sergey oh he's gonna fucking i think tom askimal is gonna be knocked out within the first two minutes of this fight i don't i don't like this matchup because if if tom gets beat up dude (laughs) what now yeah it's true i worry for him because he's still young he's such a fucking he's such a staple within the division Within the UFC, he's one of these guys that's got a look that he looks like a, a guy you'd make, you know what I mean, in, in the game. You're like, fucking goatee, fucking tattoos and shit. Yeah, yeah, fucking badass big dude. And he's also in shape for a heavyweight. 256, though, is a lot of weight for him to have on his on his frame that he can't cut. Because <laughs> he's – look at Tom Aswell. He's not like Parker Porter. He's not like Roy Nelson. They're, out of that 256, what can he cut? 20? Maybe? And look gaunt, right? Because he's mostly muscle. That's a solid dude. You know, that's like asking Jailton to go down to 205. He would just be so shredded. This is a lot more weight, though. So, like, I thought Tom Aspinall was walking around 225, 230. But if he's cutting down to get to 256 to, to fight, that's incredible. If this is his walk around everyday weight, that's just going to make it more difficult to see him be a 205er if that would be a future option if he loses this fight. Because what are you going to do? Struggle to beat these guys that are clearly bigger than you? All, Tom Aspinall's biggest thing in this division is his cardio and his speed. He has to worry about Sergey's cardio and power. The dude hits so fucking hard. Tom does too, but he's so technical and he's so fast. Those two things, I think, go away if he goes to 205. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because... You're going to be as fast as a 205-er. You're 250 pounds, and you're as fast as a 205-er now. You drop a 205, what advantages do you have? Maybe power, but the, the weight's not there. So then you're going to lack the cardio. There's just a lot of different, you know, it's very mathematical, all these things that these fighters have to go through to decide to fight where they fight and to sign contracts they sign. This is a death sentence for one or the other, truly. Whoever loses this fight probably never fights for the belt. Hmm. I'll say that. Doesn't that make the most sense? Yeah. Oh, you, I, I, I look at the collective of heavyweights that have had that. They've all been right. I mean, even some middleweights are like that where they barely get. They're so close and they fight that Marvin Vittori. You know what I mean? Like a guy like that. He got his chance. Sure. But it was so close to not ha- happening. Had he lost that last, he would have never had a chance. So it, just like uh, Colby Covington versus Bilal Muhammad. If Bilal Muhammad decisions Colby, you, it's over. 
<laughs> if you beat Colby, you have a chance. If Colby beats you, quit. Because that's it. You will not get – I guarantee it. I guarantee it, Sam. They will not fight for a belt. Whoever oh. loses this fight doesn't fight for a belt. Whoever loses versus Colby, uh, Bilal, will not fight for a belt. A lot is on the line with these pay-per-view fights. These fights are the ones that are telling the stories. The other ones are the ones that are building the story. You know, the, the free ones that nobody fucking watches. I'm going to pay $80 because this one's definitely going to have knockouts. No, it's going to end by a fucking illegal eye poke or a down knee. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Doctor's going to ask him where he's at, and he's going to say the desert and fucking all of a sudden fight over, dude. <laughs> there so, goes your $80, you Pavlovic, his UFC debut, it was a fight night, but it was, it was a big – it was over in China against Alistair Overeem, and he got knocked out in the first round. And, you know, maybe maybe the bright lights – UFC for the first time? I don't know. But after that, he's now won six in a row in the UFC. Sam, Sam, you also have to say, though, maybe it was Alistair Overeem for his first UFC. <laughs> that yeah. could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. But but he's won six in a row, all by knockout, and all in the first round. Four performance of the Knights awarded to him in these six fights. So he hasn't had a problem with anyone. Derek Lewis, 55 seconds. Tia Vasa, 54 seconds. Curtis Blades, that was three minutes, eight seconds. Yeah, I, I don't think Aspinall surviving. And yeah, what is Aspinall so going to do? Try to take this guy down? Well, you know, this guy's a... Yeah. He's one of he those Russians. Funny. I'm sure he's probably Sambo, all that good. Oh, here we go. Yep. See, da, da, da. Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're fucked. Good yeah. luck. Yeah, I don't see <laughs> it happening. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, Aspinall, stay away, dude. <laughs> Just avoid him. <laughs> Take shots from the outside. Don't try to fucking really engage, bear hug and all that shit. Pop your fucking knee. You oh, your damn, my knee that just had operational ones fucking went out. I don't oh, know. It's <sighs> Like I said, who, whoever loses, they're, they're not going to get a title shot. But whoever wins is definitely right there. And And whoever wins... It's a great matchup for John Jones. Yeah, I like it a lot. Sergey Orton versus John Jones, real heavyweights. You know, get John in there again. Who did he fight last? Cyril Gan was it, right? He hasn't fought anybody else a heavyweight. This is, I mean, either one of these guys would be a problem. I mean, the speed that Tom has. I mean, he's got a lot of power too. So if he can get in, he he throws those real long. At the you know what I mean? These long punches with his legs way behind him, coming forward. He's got a really Easter Island long jaw, very point. You know what I mean? Where it's hard to get to that chin. Could be interesting. You know, could be difficult for Sergey to figure out how to hit this guy. He might end up trying for the takedown himself, because if Tom stays away, that's going to get annoying. If he just keeps running, tagging him, run, tag, get out the way, tag. You know what I mean? Head kicks even. That could be a huge surprise. Tom breaks his knee on the dude's head, but wins. <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I like this though. It's a, it's a good main card. I'll say that. Even some of the prelims are very good. I'm excited, dude. Should be interesting to see where these guys go when, once this is over. But uh, yeah, we still got a very interesting light heavyweight match that, to me, <sighs> shouldn't happen. I kind of already hinted at that after Alex fought his last fight at 205. Against Yuri? No, who was it? Uh, Jan? I already forget. <laughs> That's how exciting it was. No shit. 
Yeah, it was Jan. It was Jan. Uh, dude doesn't have enough fights to be fighting for a belt in any division, let alone this high up in the 205s, you know? Fajara needs more experience, dude. I don't like this shit. Uh, his dead his dead ass face. No matter what, like even when he's not fighting, he's in the fucking in the crowd just like this. <laughs> you know how I talked about the UFC making guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't you say he's Brazilian? That's why he doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you just say he's a foreign guy, dude? That's a universal soldier, my friend. <laughs> That is not a human person. That was the first UFC's real experiment. Uh, you can't tell me, Dana, why it's not in there in a lab somewhere with a bunch of guys in white coats figuring out how to make the next Brock Lesnar. <laughs> of course, it's a guy that's got to start out at 185, Sam, so it doesn't look so strange. And then we'll put him in kickboxing long before the UFC, so that way he's got some sort of career to back it up. And then you bring him into the UFC and you just to fight the guy that he had lost to because, strangely enough, he shouldn't have lost because he's a robot man. He loses to this guy, bring him in the UFC. Now he's got to fight this guy again. Loses again. Robot Man loses. Now we got to tweak him. We got to change him. Put him in the 205 division because ain't shit happening there. They can add weight, take muscle away. They can fucking fix his head. They can control him from an earpiece. It's very simple, Sam. This is obvious technology. <laughs> Alex, Fajara, shit. Alex Fajara also sounds like a robot name, dude. That sounds like a name you would give a made-up fighter. His name's Alex Fajara. Okay, how's it spelled? P... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fucking make sure it's not easy. Alex also is a robot name. Tell me you w- if you made a robot in your garage tomorrow, Sam, you wouldn't call him Alex. It makes sense. It's like a guy's name, but also sounds like a robot guy. You'd be like, hi, Alex. What's going on? Hello, everyone. My name's Alex. He would just Alex makes sense for a robot. Because, I mean, look at all the other Brazilians that exist and have came into the fight world that with the name Alex. They don't spell it like that. And it's never just Alex. It's Alessandro. All this shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very strange. But let's talk about the actual fight, not the fact that he's a robot. <laughs> um, I I had seen some posts on Twitter about how they think this fight is going to go, mm-hmm. and people sort of leaning towards Yuri or not Yuri, uh, Alex. Why? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what the infatuation is. I haven't seen enough from the guy to think that he's worth a fuck. I haven't. I don't care that you beat Israel Adesanya. Sean Strickland did this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that doesn't that doesn't help. It holds no water for me. Uh, I also think that there's nobody else in the UFC like Yuri. Uh, his skill set, his mindset, his out of the cage work. He's a fascinating character, and I think he's one of these guys that this is not for play. This is not for money. This is not for games. This is my lifestyle. This is who I am every single... He's Jean-Claude Van Damme doing the fucking splits on the, on the fucking logs. You know what I mean? I was That's reading what he does shit about he lives out in the cabin. That's what I'm like, saying, dude. It's weird as shit. Like no it's heat we- and shit. Yes. And and think about this, no Sam. Water. He did that before he ever got in the UFC. Because <laughs> that's just who he is, right? Yuri's one of these guys that when I, when I say that you, MMA fighters aren't real athletes, that they're not raised doing this thing, Yuri is the opposite. He is the guy that's been raised doing this shit his entire life. His, his All of his existence is to fight. It is to be a mixed martial artist. And that goes so far beyond just getting in that octagon. And Yuri is that guy. So what I think happens here, and this is what I quote tweeted, I said, I think Yuri is going to outclass him. But I do still believe that Alex has one-punch power. And if Yuri does one of these goofy fucking 
parries or movements to get away and Fajera finds that opening, he can put him away. He can. But I also think that uh, Yuri is, is years beyond intelligent. Like his fight IQ is so far beyond Fajera's. Fajera knows one thing. So if you put him on his back like Yuri can because he's fucking huge. You know what I mean? Big dude as well. 80-inch reach. 6'2". He puts him on his back. It's a different game. Now Fajera has to fight defensively. What do we see then? Somebody quit, probably. I don't know because I've been waiting for this whole man's career for someone to put him on his back. And it doesn't really happen. His first ever fight in the UFC was against... I don't know, a nobody. I'm going to say a nobody. Watch it be somebody pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a Andreas Michaelitis guy. Okay. And I watched this fight, and I remember them talking him up. He's this badass kickboxer. That guy took him down in the first round. Didn't have much problems with him. The second round, much different story. Fucking, uh, it's a flying knee. The dude was coming in for a takedown, flying knee. His ass was knocked out. Then he just rode the hype train from there. Already had the hype train behind him. Okay, but, hold on. Let me let me eat my words real quick because I did say that he's a hand guy. He's a, he's a kickboxer. I forgot. Yeah. So, okay, he does have head kicks. He does have knees, all that stuff. That makes it a little bit interesting because the way he fought Izzy to me those two times, it felt like he was just a boxer. I didn't see, you know, the one-two head kick. I didn't see any of that. You know, I didn't see body kicks. I didn't see front kicks. None of that shit that you see in most kickboxing matches. <laughs> so that, I don't know, I guess I forgot. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, that, that was the way he fought against Strickland, too. Mostly punches. Yeah. But, you know, Yuri, th- that's the thing that worries me, th- this being five rounds, is, you know, he was knocked down a couple times by Tixera in that fight. Right. So, I mean, Tixera knock him down, that, that could be... If he hated knocking him out, you know, if he gets an opportunity, like you said. That's you know. true. So, but there's also a there's a veteran thing that comes with Glover Teixeira. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not the same as fighting Alex Fajero, who's so new to this sport, particularly. Like, kickboxing is all well and good for your foundation, but Yuri, I think, is such a uh, highly educated fighter that he's going to take him down. He's going to make him work. He's going to make him sweat. You know what I mean? Or it's going to be a highlight reel something from somebody. Yeah, Yuri has Either lost way. since 2015 to King Mo. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty incredible. I like that stat. 13 yeah, it, wins in a row. This is the UFC's problem is they find a guy like this and they do nothing but push them into hell. <laughs> and this could be their biggest mistake Where and, and ruin Alex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Does he want to fight at 205? Was that the plan? What is he? What is what say does he have in any of this? That's uh, it's very interesting, uh, but he's fighting a guy who's very tough. It's gonna be a fun fight. Should be unless some stupid injury happens. <laughs> knock, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess that concludes us for this episode. And uh, you yeah. know, I'm gonna say one more thing before we end it. Hit me. All right, they're announcing some fights lately, and uh, Volkanovski. Okay. I'm tired of hearing this man's name. We're getting overexposed with this guy. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, come on. If we watch this guy lose like three in a row or whatever, who the fuck? We already don't want to see him already like, oh, him again? Didn't he just fucking fight? Right. Uh, I mean, damn. It seems like a fight card's being announced every month with this guy. I, I think they have this uh, underlying thing with him in the UFC where they believe somehow he's going to be Conor McGregor for like Australia. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's just not so. working. He's not that guy. You're so. not the guy, pal. Man, Very I mean, take take a break. Give him a couple a couple weeks off, man. Shit. Nah, let's get that title away from him first. <laughs> All right. That's what I say. Get him titleless, and then he can go back over there and smoke cigars with Robert Whitaker. They're no title having asses. <laughs> All right, also, that note. Good. I was also going to say also Izzy, too, because he doesn't have everybody's belts gone. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, not yet. Yeah. Volkanos, he's still You want to promote your new YouTube venture? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could just last house on last house in the woods. I want to say last house on the left because that's just so historical. But last house in the woods uh, is basically my most recent project. The only thing I've sort of been focusing on, obviously, the music, that dude with ears, uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok is one minute metal. And uh, there you have it, dude. Check the show notes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget, subscribe if you're on some weird. If you're listening on like SoundCloud or something, I don't even. I maybe subscribe. <laughs> I don't know what they do on SoundCloud. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. You too, brother. Round one. Fight.